I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Others lock up your sons. The fangirls are busting out all over. It's Fangirl Radio. Fangirl Radio. Here's the Fangirls on Jackalope Radio. Hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I am your host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me as always is the lovely and talented Rachel Moore. What, what? What, what indeed. Um, so tonight's episode is going to be pretty special because we are going to have an uh, interview with the man uh, who kind of started the whole um, found footage horror craze and has a new film coming out this week. Actually, it will be on uh, in theaters tomorrow. Oren Pelly, who is uh, the man who wrote and directed Paranormal Activity, which kind of took the title away from uh, the Blair Witch Project as uh, one of the most um, money-making films of all time. I think he spent $15,000 on Paranormal Activity, and of course, you know what happened after that. Um, so, uh, that will be our interview for tonight, and uh, before we get to Oren, uh, Rachel and I are going to discuss the Week in Geek. Week in Geek. So, Rachel, I know you have been feeding your Cumberbatch obsession for the last few hours. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, they have not added, I don't believe they have added the um, season two episodes yet to Netflix, but season one is still up there. Um, and I believe they just finished season two on Mystery, correct? Was it Mystery or Masterpiece Theater that it's, shows uh, that? I think it was Masterpiece Theater. But um, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't actually watch it on that. So, um, but yeah, uh, been watching lots of Cumberbatch, The Last Enemy, Into the Ends of the Earth, of course, are up there. And 40-something, which was the short-lived show with um, Hugh Laurie playing a doctor, a bubbling doctor. <laughs> Surprise! Benedict Cumberbatch plays his son. So yeah, that's what I've been doing on Netflix lately. But um, in TV world, the thing that is the big uproar this week is, uh, Yay, community was renewed. Boo, Dan Harmon won't be writing it. So Dan Harmon got kicked to the curb hard. He did, and all his cast uh, came to his, you know, basically say that they're sad not to be working with him, and it's an honor, you know, to have had that opportunity, except for, of course, Chevy, Chevy Chase. I was going to say, I don't think Chevy Chase said anything of that sort. <laughs> he was probably doing a jig and laughing hysterically while drinking scotch. So yeah, it um, it was uh, it it was kind of uh, interesting mixed news because Community is such a brainchild of Dan's that it'll be really interesting to see how it actually um, 
continues and unfolds and whether it will continue to be a success because it's been edgy. I mean, they've talked about bringing it to be more um, accessible to more viewers. And, you know, that really could be its death knell, unfortunately. But time will tell. Yeah, I I I don't I doubt that. Now, now wasn't it say, stated that they were going to do a movie as well after the, the this season? Was I that... have heard that, but I've not found confirmation of that anywhere. Hmm, very strange. So somebody told me yes, it's confirmed, but um, now I I haven't been able to find the actual confirmation. So. Well, and I you know I hope it does well. I hope it keeps going because I I I have Great not cast. seen. Every- it's got a great cast, and, and I love their, um, now with this being announced, I know that Karen Gillian from Doctor Who actually wants to be on an episode of Inspector Space Time. So, Amy Pond wants to be on Inspector Space Time. Karen Gilliam? Gillian, yes. That's what Amy I said. Pond. Yes. He wants to be on it. How awesome would that be? Abed would probably, like, have an aneurysm. I think. I mean, seriously. Um, but anyway, uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to kind of go over some of the cool, cool movie trailers that just premiered. Um, at least, th- I believe it was this week these came out. And uh, if not, um, I this just week, saw them. You went to see um, uh, the vampire movie again. Well, I went to see Battleship. And I, we met up afterwards. And I remember I told you... Um, Battleship had no right being as entertaining as it was and you'd seen Dark Shadows and you were really entertained and then you were like my god the trailers yes the trailers yes and actually third viewing of Dark Shadows I am not ashamed Um, and the fact that I still found things I never noticed throughout so I'm sorry I love that movie I liked it even more the third time anyway trailers Three trailers that um, were added to this one, I just was blown away by, and I cannot wait to see these. I actually showed them to my very, very picky husband, and he was even like, yes. Um, And that was, the first one was Argo with um, Ben Affleck directing and starring again, uh, who I actually absolutely loved the town. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. Um, and uh, Hawkeye himself, Jeremy Renner, is in it, and it's just a great, great film. Um, but Affleck is very good at directing and starring in these movies, and this one is based on a very kooky concept that's actually true. Um, it's set during uh, the hostage crisis in Iran, and uh, I believe it's Iran. I could be, I guess it could be Iraq. I'm, it's a I believe the true that. story that you totally know. <laughs> I know this. I know this. I, I'm a horrible person. Um, but anyway, during this hostage crisis in the late seventies, early eighties, um, that occurred, this was, a uh, an actual incident that was declassified just recently. And now they've created this film based around this true story of, um, these six hostages escaped were being kept safe by, um, I believe it was the Canadian um, Prime Minister, not Canadian Prime Minister, Jesus Christ, Jessica, the, this Canadian diplomat over and over there, came safe in their house. And to get them out, the government sent in um, Ben Affleck's character under the pretense that he was a science fiction film, uh, I believe, director. He was making a science fiction film called Argo. And he was getting these people out under the pretense that this was the film crew leaving. And, I mean, they went so far as to have him go to Hollywood, get a producer, get a script, and all this stuff as a cover story. 
And he goes in to get them out and is risking his life, the lives of these people. I mean, they're going to be killed and they're going to be killed badly if they're discovered. And this is the movie and it looks amazing. It's got this crazy cast like John Goodman, Brian Cranston. Um, it just looks amazing. And uh, I, I can't wait to see this. It looks just great. Um, the other two trailers were equally as badass as this one, if not more so. One was Gangster Squad, which has Josh Brolin, um, Ryan Gosling, Sean Penn, um, and uh, oh, uh, Robert Patrick shows up. So it's even cooler that the two Terminators, we consider Ryan Gosling a Terminator. If you've seen Drive, you know why. Um, together. Uh, and it's another true story. Um, about this covert team that uh, was going after um, the gangster uh, guys in Hollywood uh, that uh, were basically running all the hookers and the the uh, uh, Mickey Cohen actually uh, running the hookers and the cocaine in Hollywood. And these guys worked under the radar to take him out. Um, and uh, they were allowed pretty much free reign. There's just an amazing cast in this. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi, um, I already mentioned Robert Patrick. You've got um, Nick Nolte in it. I mean, every it just looks just completely amazing. And uh, the, the visuals look great. Emma Stone's in it. Um, so another one to look forward to this year. And then on top of that, we've got yet another true story. Um, called Lawless, which stars, and get you ready for this, Tom Hardy, Jessica Chastain, Guy Pierce, Gary Oldman, Shia LaBeouf, Mia Wasikowska, uh, just another great, great A cast. Um, and this one's um, did about... Did you say Shia LaBeouf? Yes, I did. Actual and he cannibal looks... Shia LaBeouf? Yes. And um, you want to know what's even uh, kookier is the fact that it's written by Nick Cave. Oh, I Nick, love Nick Cave. Did you know that yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch said that if he had a dream role, it would be to play a young Nick Cave? He could totally do it, too. <laughs> All right, I'll <laughs> let you go back to actually what the thing's but about. Anyway, of course, you, <laughs> you know, you're allowed. I can, like, I can kind of uh, make everything twist into um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, which, yeah. Which, if you. it hadn't been for Johnny Depp, I wouldn't have seen these trailers. Uh, <laughs> oh, so my gosh. Guess. Really? There you go. So, but anyway, Guy Pierce doesn't even look like Guy Pierce in this. I don't know how they did this to his head, but he doesn't look like Guy Pierce anymore. And uh, uh, Gary Oldman uh, looks like Gary Oldman, though, which is always a bonus. So Guy Pierce is taken off. He never almost never looks like Gary Oldman. He, but he looks like Gary Oldman. And Tom Hardy looks amazing in it. Uh, Shia looks like he's actually acting, which is always a good thing. And the guy can act. Um, it's. It looks great. It's set in, in uh, during the Depression, and these guys are, um, it's another true story of these guys um, who are corn whiskey, um, you know, bootleggers, and they have to take on corrupt officials and this whole thing. It, it becomes like the outlaws become the good guys sort of story, and there's gunplay. There's Gary Oldman blowing away people with a submachine a Tommy gun he's in a fedora everybody's wearing fedoras which is always good and and Tommy well, gun as I'm in <laughs> yes it's just happy days for Jessica um and it looks it looks super great I mean Nick Cave doing a, a screenplay about uh, bootleggers and gun you know gun toting g-men and this oh oh 
Yes. So um, there you go. I'll, I'll be posting all of these on um, fangirlmag.com for you guys to watch. Um, it, you have to check these trailers out. You'll get excited. I mean, this is one of the best years for films um, I can think of in a while. I mean, there's so many good movies. And these are, these are the ones coming later in the year. So, wow. We haven't even gotten Prometheus yet. We haven't oh, gotten yeah, Spider-Man yet. Uh, we do have tickets. Rachel and I and my husband are hitting the midnight show from Prometheus um, for IMAX 3D. And we will be reporting upon that, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, this is re- literally one of the best years for movies I can think of in a very long time. And these are the these are the kind of the the middle of the year films, you know, like that are they're going to be hitting. Um, and then at the end of the year, we get the bestest Christmas present ever in The Hobbit. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm, and you know who's in that? Richard Armitage. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've who you're going to say. You were I'm going to be Benedict Cumberbatch, and then I've been like, no, Martin Freeman, and it would be f- funny, but no, it'd be no. yeah, smartass. <laughs> There's so many good guys in The Hobbit. I just can't begin to tell you. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway, I, I, I will go. Da- I will not be going down that path. But I did want to bring up um, one of the films that came out um, earlier this year that um, was kind of a surprise hit, and has um, it has hit uh, video um, as of last week that you may not have uh, known about, which was The Chronicle. And um, great, great film. Um, surprise little sleeper of a movie. My husband really liked that movie. It was great. And uh, a lot of people didn't, I guess they didn't know what it was about. Um, I just want to go because I really, really, it, it's, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, they're trying really hard to be the Misfits. Because I love the Misfits TV show. Well, the first season, the first season or two of the Misfits TV show back when um, Robert Sheehan was still on it. And it sounded like an Americanized kind of Misfits thing. And I was like, meh. Not really. I'll skip it. it. And then my husband's like, oh, I really liked it. But, you know, but the Venn diagram that he and I have does not always. I'm sort of surprised that that he actually went and saw it since it is is a, a found footage movie. Mm-hmm. Which kind of ties back into our guest for tonight, but um, it's it's not a hard one of those super shaky cam ones. It's really well done, really well acted, and the special effects were were great. I was um, I was very impressed with it, and it's as I said, it was uh, directed. Actually, I'm sorry, it was uh, written by. Max Landis, the son of, uh, of course, of John. And uh, if you don't know who Max Landis is, you should look up that awesome Death and Return of Superman video that he did on YouTube and laugh your ass off. It is brilliant. Talking about how the Death and Return of Superman just completely took away the importance of death and dying in comic books completely changed the game forever how they how um that was handled and he's right and uh but max he writes very, very smartly and he doesn't his the characters in the chronicle they don't feel forced they feel very real and you can totally see 
this sort of thing happening um, if kids, like teenage boys, were given these superpowers, how it could play out this horribly. Um, so I really, if you get a chance, I suggest strongly going out and buying the Blu-ray of um, because it has the director's cut which actually has extra footage, deleted scenes, comes with the digital copy on it. And uh, it's a great it's a great movie. I mean, and, and just on Blu-ray, it just pops. It looks amazing. So check out The Chronicle. That's a pick for me. Um, so, Rachel, got anything else to add for The Week in Geek right now? Uh, I'm kind of yeah. hogging, hogging up everything, so I'm just, how do I follow that up? I mean, I, I did I did see Battleship, and I, I want to say it was a really stupid movie, but it was a really fun, stupid movie. I kind of um, put it akin to watching Independence Day in that it's a really great <sighs> movie, but if you try and explain the plot, you're like, yeah, the plot was stupid. <laughs> Let's <just> ignore <laughs> the plot and enjoy pretty boys shooting guns. And it made me laugh. It made me laugh within the first five minutes. I was having a good time. And actually, I was there seeing it with your husband. And my husband, but your husband was there, and we were starting like we were going to make fun of it, and he looked at me, he's like, crap, we're going to really enjoy this movie. And it was a fun time, you know? <laughs> so, I, I have to say, I was, it was kind of my surprise, my surprise viewing. There's no good critical thing I can say about it as far as plot or character development or any of that, other than it was just fun to watch. So, if you're looking for something on a... To, to see on a matinee, you know, it's a, it, it's a fun watch. I, I'm still even more glad I skipped it once now that you've compared it to Independence Day. Oh, well. <laughs> bring out the fact that you've seen Dark Shadows, I don't know how many times. Three. Which, and, and, you know, I Dark Shadows is another one that I considered stupid, but fun to watch. So, but you, uh, you and I are not going to... Um, agree on that so i i you know independence day made my skull hurt to the point of wanting to <laughs> jab a ice pick through it i'm sorry especially when lone star and his squadron of winnebago showed up to save the day i thought that was just if they didn't mean for that to be a joke which i don't think they did <laughs> then yeah i'm sorry and yeah. you know a mac saved the you know a mac saved the day <laughs> yeah, I also my other it's not really a weekend geek because I'm sure they've had it for a long time but for some reason I just realized this week that the Mary Sue had a Pinterest and so I'm an avid P Pinterest um, a pinner I have a board up at um, <laughs> Anarchy Cupcakes but I've decided that Fangirl will have one and as soon as I get the Pinterest up and going We'll, we'll have a link up at fangirlmag.com, and I'll also put it up on my Facebook, which is Rachel Fangirl. So um, feel, feel free to add me and uh, check out our links. And one thing I wanted to uh, mention that um, I just discovered um, only today is the fact that the rumor going around Hollywood right now is that Ryan Reynolds may in fact be the next Highlander. I saw that. And I don't know how I feel about that. What's interesting, though, is that I tend to really underestimate Ryan Reynolds because I was just watching him. I was watching Scrubs the other night because what else is on Netflix? You know, when you run out of things to watch on Netflix, there's like all of Scrubs on Netflix. And so I was watching it and they had Ryan Reynolds, you know, as the friend that comes to visit. Uh -huh. And I was like, 
he is he actually has come a long way as an actor since then and really changed his image quite a bit and but you know he it's not like it's a really taxing acting role i mean christopher lambert had it the first time you know though uh, christopher lambert did a good job with that movie though i i i love oh no i love it don't get me wrong you know and 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 sean connery we won't speak of the second film there is no second highlander but i really the first one is a classic and uh the only thing I can say is this. If it's actually a reboot and he is going to be Connor McCloud, then by God, Derek Mears better be cast as the Kurgan. Derek Mears is the Kurg. You hear us, Derek, baby? We're, we're, Derek, we're, we are doing this for you. We are going to start this crusade for you. Derek Mears better be the mother effing Kurgan uh, opposite Ryan Reynolds. That's all I'm saying. Has to happen. It must. Be. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm thinking in ways that we can like take people prisoner and make this go down. <laughs> um, but I, I did want to mention a couple of things that are now um, available on Netflix, which is just awesome for streaming. Um, Rachel actually covered a couple of things already, but there are some things that have been added that you may not be aware of that you really should watch. Um, First of all, both of the Adams Family movies, Adams Family and Adams Family Values, are now available on Netflix. Um, they are great. I've watched both of them again. They still hold up. I absolutely adore Raul Julia's Gomez, and I miss him even more after watching this. And seeing Christina Ricci just bring it as Wednesday and the just gorgeousness of Angelica Houston as Morticia, the whole thing is just, I, I love those two movies. And they are uh, now available on there. Um, also, Jason of Star Command has <laughs> been added to Netflix. And if you've never watched it, you totally need to see this. Sid Haig is in this as the bad guy. It's a great old school throwback to just, you know, cheesy 1979 awesome sauce it and buck rogers are both on there it's great i love jason of star command i grew up watching that um so and also drive has been added if you've not oh, yet i haven't seen that i have to go watch that if you have not seen drive yet which apparently rachel has been deprived of the awesome that is ryan reynolds or i'm sorry ryan reynolds on the brain ryan gosling Ryan Gosling in that awesome silver jacket um, being a Terminator, because that's what he is. We've, discuss- we've discussed this at length, my husband and I, and we've decided that he is, in fact, a Terminator. Uh, you need to see it. It's just, it's the, I, saying it's an art house action film is not true. Drive is just awesome. It, it, it defies a genre. It's just got so many cool little things in there, and the music is amazing. The chromatics are on the soundtrack, and they're just awesome. Um, also, Jim and the Holograms is on there now. The entire series. Oh, don't get me start. Don't Jim get me started hol- on Jen and the Holograms and how it's not okay for children to watch that. The whole premise of the show. <laughs> Here we go. Is that, that, 
and, and I love this show, like obsessively, and I collected gem dolls and Barbies and all that. The premise of the show is that her boyfriend is cheating on her with Jem, who just happens to be her, but he doesn't know that, and all she's consumed with is him not finding out that she's lying about being two different people. He's cheating okay on him. her. He happens He's to be cheating on her with himself, but he is cheating on her. You mean okay. with her? <laughs> he, he is, but so he doesn't up. know that. He doesn't know that. He never obsesses about, oh, is Jem going to find out I'm dating Jennifer or vice versa? He never worries about that. She worries every episode <laughs> if he's going to find out that, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> oh, my God. He's find out that he's that she's lying to him about being two people you know we could build a whole episode around how many different and wrong things happen in in Jim and the holograms like the the various levels of emotional scarring that occur in this show and it caused people like I remember watching Jim and the holograms and the episode where, and I've mentioned this to you before, Rachel, and I still cry, which is the episode where she finds out that the computer, that Synergy is actually based on her mother, and she finds these old recordings that her mother did. And it's like one of the first times she's heard her mother's voice in years since she died, and it's that song Starlight, and oh my god. I mean, you've got that going on, and then now... I never even thought about what Rachel just brought up about Rio playing Jerrica against Jerrica. Until I saw it as a grown-up, because I watched that all the time when I was a kid, and I never thought about it until I watched it, and I'm like, man, I put that in my head over and over again as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I I never thought about this until she brought that up, and it's just not okay. (laughs) It's not okay. Yeah. But I Sorry, always love my own personal better. little like feminist. <laughs> You're the feminist fan, girl. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, not all, not sometimes. It's like all you always figure out a way to <laughs> make a point. I ruin everything. I ruin everything. And uh, the other uh, other movie that Rachel had never seen, which surprises me, because this was. Um, a film that I actually went to our local art house to see, and this um, has been on this has been on Netflix for a long time because it's been sitting in my Netflix queue for a long time. And it will help wash the taint away that is Mirror Mirror um, that he he directed, and I'm still trying to figure out how. Yet, so I can't I can't blast Mirror Mirror. It looks horrible, but I I was surprised this summer by some things. But um, the fall is on Netflix. And, and it's um, the pretty that is Lee Pace. I think it's a good companion. Um, it's not brutal like that or anything, but it's a kind of a. They're not. I don't know how they're comparable. Maybe being visually stunning and having a very um, good child actor in that to Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, that's a good comparison. I would. I, I would it say it doesn't really make sense when I start to break it down. But the feeling is, it, you know, it has that kind of visual stunning. It's not as brutal or Guillermo del Toro-y, but it does have. It is very adult film with a child who they don't. The child actor is really good in that she doesn't act thirty, which a lot of child actors do now. Um, she acts like she, a kid. 
acts like a kid, but in a in a very um, I mean, it's just a great movie, visually just unbelievable. Can't well, believe I and, hadn't seen it before. And the thing that's amazing about that film is that I believe ninety nine percent, if not all, of the effects in it were practical. And if you think about that and the visuals that you get in that film just blow my mind. Uh, and and just just how beautiful and our just glorious colors that are in it. Um, Tarson just nailed it. So I, I really suggest if you've not seen, seen uh, The Fall, you really need to see it. Um, just uh, everything in it is gorgeous. And, and I love the fact that it's actually set in... Uh, the silent film era is the setting for the film but all of this stuff is basically the imagination let loose of this little girl and and the stories that um, this fallen stuntman tell her and this is her take on all of it and how she's dealing with everything so it's definitely a pick to, to see if you haven't watched it yet um, so we lost a lot of people this week we did. We oh, now you're bringing me down. <laughs> this year needs to stop. It needs to stop with the dying. I, I, I mean, the one that that most recently happened. Uh, actually, it was the two the two biggies. I believe were uh, both in the music industry, and it's uh, very sad. Um, Donna Summer passed away from a battle with cancer and also not not even a day or two after her we lost Robin Gibb and also to cancer and I I Robin was uh, even the the what I read afterward it, it's kind of a blessing what happened as he everyone thought he'd pulled out of the coma and he did he came out of the coma um, and that his family got blessed with a, another month of him. And then he passed away. So they got to spend one more month with him after he um, came back out of that. Uh, Donna Summer, I had no idea she was battling cancer. And that was a surprise to me. Um, so I, uh, you know, that's two tragedies that really hit hard. If any of you um, are around my age and you, you probably saw a movie back in uh, the late early 80s shown on ABC called Thank God It's Friday, which is where we first saw her. And uh, from that came many, many hits. And the same thing with Robin Gibb. He, uh, he and the Bee Gees just basically those two were icons of our childhood music so well, your childhood. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I sorry. Will... I'm the older fangirl on this show, so I <laughs> I, I, was, I uh... remember this stuff. What's what's? I don't know why, but when I heard about Robin Gibb, all I could think about was Tenth Kingdom. I don't know why. Oh, all the things God. that I could have thought about. The brothers thought, Gibb. Oh. The brothers Gibb. <laughs> no, the brothers Gibb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like the only person who still loves that. <laughs> I love the Tenth Kingdom. Uh, you talking about? But the fact that that's what hit you <laughs> makes me sad. Ridiculous. Oh, why? Uh, the other thing, um, there was one kind of bright spot in all of uh, in the tragedy of this week was the fact that um, 
Nick Stahl, who a lot of people thought I was, I was betting he was going to be found, you know, gone, dead somewhere in a gutter, um, the way everyone was talking. But it turns out that he was alive and is alive. Not was, is. I didn't hear about this. He's okay? He's okay. He actually emailed his wife and stated that he was going to be going into rehab. Um, uh, his wife is a little leery of that. I don't know where we are today in it, but, uh, as of, I believe yesterday was, uh, the day that they announced he, he had emailed her. So hopefully he'll be one of those better stories to come out of something like this, which is he clean because he's a good I feel like we were just all waiting to for them to find the body that that's crazy like I yeah well like I said I mean after you read the description of what had been going on in his life that his wife released and was telling people uh how he was going down and getting drugs from from you know skid row and that kind of thing um yeah I was expecting to hear that he'd been overdosed and found in a gutter but it sounds like he hopefully is going to turn the corner and um, clean himself up. I hope so. I really hope um, so. The, and one thing I did want to um, point out that uh, they have just released yet another batch of um, previews for True Blood's new season, which starts next month. And I have to say that Christopher Maloney looks awesome in this he's christopher maloney not look i mean like i I know but you google christopher maloney and it's not like any of his funny stuff that comes up it's him like i no i can't say that on the radio it's him looking lustily (laughs) at the camera with his eye like with his shirt off he's like the weirdest sexy symbol ever well he actually is gonna i believe have his shirt off in true blood and probably more than that. More than that, if you go by the, the history of the show. Uh, that I am excited, though. He's playing the authority in the show. And uh, if you've watched True Blood, you know that this is, this is the big guy who, um, uh, be, you know, he, this is the guy you do not want to piss off. And obviously everybody has pissed him off at this point with the things that they've got going on. The last trailer I saw shows Sookie using her, you know, glowy hand powers on a bunch of people and Lafayette, I think has had it. You don't see Tara, which makes me wonder, I wonder what's going on with that. Uh, If you, I don't want to ruin the, if you haven't seen last season's finale, I'm not going to ruin that for you. Uh, But yes, uh, Yes, thank you, Amanda. Amanda, our ghost, has, has, yes. Hi, Amanda. Tell audience, say hi to the ghostly Amanda. Um, anyway, uh, this, this season has a lot going for it. They've brought back Russell, who just, to me personally, made the last season that he was in. He's, uh, that character is just awesome sauce in so many ways. And I can't wait to see what they've got going on with Reverend Steve Newland. I just so much good stuff. I really hope that it, it doesn't deteriorate into basically porn, which was what last season kind of did and then pulled itself out. And that analogy is not a good one when you're talking about what I just said. <sighs> <laughs> 
So I, we'll, I don't watch True Blood anymore, so I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm I'm excited. I hope that they uh, focus less on, as I've never thought I would say this, Eric's ass, and more on plot. But um, wow, yeah, yeah I know, I know. Yes. So with that being said, I think we're about ready to bring on our special guest interview for tonight. And I wanted to thank everybody for tuning in. And um, we are, uh, we're glad you're still with us. I hope you guys enjoy what we're doing on the show. If you enjoy the show, check out the website, fangirlmag.com. And with that, uh, we're going to bring on Oren. All right, here we go. Hey, ladies. Hey! Oh, it's Katie. Woo-hoo-hoo. Katie, wait, wave hi to the camera, Katie. Hey, Christy, you want to say hi? Come on, give it, give, give us a wave here, Christy. <laughs> Whatever happened to us when we were little? I don't remember anything. Whatever it was, it thrived on fear. The more we paid attention to it, the worse it got. Okay, I think it's on. Remember the rules? Yes. Say Bloody Mary three times. Okay, we're gonna turn off lights. Okay, you ready? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Oren, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Um, I'm very uh, excited to talk to you. Um, My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you. So let's get started. Um, first off, kind of a kind of a general question, but you, um, what started you in this interest of horror that you've gotten? Because you you started out with paranormal activity, and you've kind of just started massing a, a, a large library of your works uh, in the horror genre? Well, I don't know that I particularly was trying to um, uh, amass, you know, a, a, a lot of projects in the horror field. It just sort of like happened, you know, because of the success of Paranormal Activity, naturally I had a lot of opportunities to um, uh, be involved in other movies uh, like, you know, Insidious and uh, obviously the Paranormal franchise and a few other projects that it sort of made sense to... Uh, you know, keep uh, riding the wave as long as uh, as long as I can. Gotcha. So, um, and I read that um, this new film, the the Chernobyl Diaries, is actually based off of an original work that you had done um, called the uh, and I'm blanking on the name, the Diary of. Um, oh, I'm blanking you, on you the name. The Lost and Offward. That's actually a, a pretty funny story because the, <laughs> we we just used the Diary of Lost and Oxford as a temporary name for the production. It wasn't a separate story that I wrote. <laughs> uh, it, just, uh, it was our secret code word because we didn't want to know uh, anyone to know that we're doing a movie about Chernobyl. So we just came up with something that made absolutely no sense. And uh, people <laughs> were uh, confusing it with a different project. And then at some point, we ended up with two IMDb pages, one for... Uh, 
Chernobyl Diaries and one for the Diary of Lost in Oxford, so it created a lot of confusion. That's great, because, yeah, they, they actually are still out there saying that that's a, a work that you've written that is going to be produced. No, it's the same, it's the same project, just uh, uh, we had a fake name, which we never planned to release. I don't know how it leaked out, but someone leaked it out, and that created uh, a whole mess. Oh, that's funny. So, um, the Chernobyl Diaries, it, the, the trailer, it looks very interesting and dark. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, did you actually go over there to do any kind of research or walk through the areas? Because that's considered the, you know, what you, you're not making up a new thing. That extreme travel is, is a very real deal. Um, did, you, did you actually go over there? We actually, we, we never did. We wanted to. But uh, we actually wanted to even film part of the movie there. But uh, during uh, 2011, which, when we uh, were in production, uh, for whatever reason, the Ukrainian government uh, stopped allowing people going in there for tourism. So uh, we tried really hard, and, and we tried to pull some strings, and uh, they wouldn't let us uh, go in there. So we had to find uh, different uh, locations to shoot the movie and never got a chance to go visit. Wow! Oh, that would. So, would you have actually really? You really wanted to go? I would. What do you think that would have been like to actually walk around that place? I think it would have been really eerie and 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 very creepy to be there. And you know, I would definitely be ne- be nervous to be there uh, because of concerns over radiation and stuff like that. But you know, there's no other place like it on Earth. A place that's kind of been evacuated overnight in such a way that people didn't even have a chance to take their personal belongings. And you have the threat of radiation, and uh, it's just like a very unique, amazing place. Right, and and I actually read an article a while back that it there was like basically the top 10 creepiest places in the world. And, and this was one of them. And, uh, there was the number one, I think was the, the sea of trees, which is the number one, uh, in, in Japan, it's, uh, in the shadow of Mount Fuji, I believe. And it's where people go and commit suicide. Um, so there's another good plot for you for a film. If you ever want to make a movie about it, I'll, I'll keep it in mind. They totally, it's, it's, uh, amazingly creepy people just hang there where they've strangled themselves and hang from trees and uh, they wow. go there and kill themselves it's it, look it up it's it's called the sea of trees and it's very very disturbing and the trees the sea of trees mm-hmm. okay yeah it out. it's creepy as hell <laughs> so um what do you think it is that and speaking of kind of going into this what do you think it is about places such as this where they're, they're desolate, they're remote, they're scenes of tragedy, really, that make people want to go to them like that? I mean, this industry now that's been built up, this extreme travel, uh, it's, it's kind of unnerving that people want to go into a place that they could get irradiated. Well, uh, the, in theory, uh, it's supposed to be safe if you go there and you know where you're going and you with the... Uh, uh, you know, a reputable tour guide, and I think you can only go in there with a, a, a licensed guide. They're supposed to know where you can go and where it's safe and where it's not safe. So at least in theory, it's supposed to kind of be, you know, it feels dangerous, but it, it may not be as dangerous as people think. But I think a lot of people in general just enjoy 
the the feeling of uh, getting an adrenaline rush when we go on vacation and do crazy things that uh, most of us probably wouldn't even you know think of doing stuff like base jumping or bungee jumping and you know who knows what uh, some people are just you know always looking for this kind of thrill uh-huh so and and I, I that's not what I look for in a vacation but, <laughs> but I know there are people like that so um in the film itself what um how did you get inspired to make this story um like what what got you interested in this well, it, it happened rather accidentally. I wasn't uh, looking for an idea for a movie, but uh, one day I was just, uh, you know, browsing on the internet, and uh, I ran into some website that had uh, a video uh, footage and photo blogs from people who've gone to Pripyat and, and visited as part of those uh, organized tours, and they've taken photos and videos, and that's the first time, I mean, I've always known about Chernobyl, but this is the first time that I realized that there was this abandoned town next to Chernobyl, and uh, I learned, you know, about how it was evacuated and abandoned, and I thought it was, you know, really fascinating and, and very sad and very creepy and eerie, and I thought maybe that will make a great setting for a, a scary horror movie. Uh, it, it totally looks like it. I mean, when you see just the, the that ominous Ferris wheel that it kind of sticks out in everybody's mind that, that scene uh, of that just setting there, just decaying this entire yeah. town decaying. It's, it's totally creepy. And you wonder if people are desperate enough to go there and live uh, just, in, you know, homeless people or that kind of thing that would end up there. And you wonder if that, you know, kind of feeding into what your story's about. And the, the film looks like it kind of details that it's not quite abandoned and, uh, Things are still there, alive, and that's uh, that's always creepy to think about. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, in reality, there are actually some people who uh, refuse to leave and stay there. But uh, you know, in the in the fictional world of our story, we say that the the place is totally abandoned and no one has been left there. So if you do hear a noise, then you have to wonder, you know, what's that? Well, I was saying there the. There really were people that stayed in Chernobyl that are in uh, in that city next to Chernobyl that refused to leave. <laughs> uh, uh, we uh, yeah, people either stayed or after they were evacuated returned because they said, you know, that's my home. I don't care about radiation, and that's where I'm going to stay. Did they die? I mean, they would almost have to have been. Uh, I think a lot of them did. Uh, unfortunately, develop a lot of uh, you know uh, ailments and and cancer and wow. stuff like that. That's horrible. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, paranormal activity, uh, just a little bit, because it it seems like paranormal activity, the original, kind of was this jumping off point for. Uh, uh, this new resurgence in found footage and in, in the genre itself. And um, I know that Chernobyl Diaries is also sort of a found footage type of film. Video cameras are used and, and, and it, at least it kind of looks like that way from the trailer. Um, how do you keep this genre going and keep it fresh and different um, and without it kind of becoming to that point where people are like, oh, it's another shaky cam film. Because I know you, you were one of the one of the people that are able to pull these off and do it very well. Well, actually, the first thing to, add, to clarify is that the Chernobyl Diaries is not fun footage at all. There's oh, a, okay. Yeah, there's maybe 
three or four minutes of found footage in the movie, but the rest of it is uh, not found footage. Although I will say that it was a high priority for us to shoot the movie in kind of a style that makes it feel very visceral and very authentic. So it is handheld, but it's not shaky cam. It's you know operated by a professional cinematographer who actually uh, just filmed uh, in a better world, which won the Oscar for best uh, foreign film. So oh, nice. the movie is pro- professionally uh, filmed, and uh, and it's not some footage. But we do like the idea of it feeling almost like our approach was. We're not going to claim in any way that it's fun footage and it's not shot as fun footage, but also we didn't want to shoot it as a traditional horror movie. So our approach was basically we're kind of following a group of people as if it's a documentary and we're mm-hmm. shooting the movie as, it's, as if it's a documentary or a drama and horrific things just happen to them and we film it. So it's shot, it feels different from the typical horror movie or a slasher f- film that uh, you know, many, many people will be used to. Gotcha, and, and and thank you for clarifying that because that was sort of what I I I was under the assumption that this was going to be sort of more of that camera documentary type of thing. But it sounds like it's more of a meshing of the two, and that's that's a good way to go with it. I really like that idea. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they, definitely. The trailer caused a little bit of confusion among people. <laughs> and so, kind of. Oh, sorry. I practice that. Okay, I, I got one more quick question. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, perfect. So you have a background in um, games and computer design, and I always wondered if if there was any thought or any idea that you might have had of, of creating a video game based on paranormal activity as an investigator in the case, because I always thought that would be a kind of a neat idea. Actually, I'm, I've kind of taken my opportunity to uh, dive into the film world as a, as a way to never have to work on video games again. So, <laughs> so I feel like I've, I've done the video game thing for long enough, and I'll be happy if I never have to do it again. Ah, okay. I, I'm married to a programmer. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so you know all about crunch time and long hours and all that stuff. And code. The wonderful world of code. Well, Oren, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the film. I really can't wait to see it because it does look like uh, a very creepy, very uh, nice nice entry into meshing reality with the world of horror and and, uh, putting your own spin on it. So I really thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, and we can't wait to see it. Um, And the Chernobyl Diaries comes out um, tomorrow as of uh, the airing of this episode. So thank you so much, and everybody go out and support horror and go see it. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And there you have it. I want to thank Oren Pelly for joining us tonight. And be sure to go check out the Chernobyl Diaries tomorrow. And I want to thank my always awesome co-host, Rachel. And I want to thank our always awesome producer and ghost, Amanda. And also our, our guest ghost tonight, Ren, who was having technical difficulties. But she's there, so say hi to Ren. And I want to thank you all, also my uh, the listeners, uh, for joining us. And be sure to check us out next week. And uh, we will see you later. This is Fangirl Radio signing off. Here we go. So I know I said we're going to Moscow. Yeah. You guys ever heard of Chernobyl? Yeah. That's where the nuclear disaster happened. Yes. Have you heard of extreme tourism? You're incredible. Who's coming with Paul to Chernobyl? Chernobyl. <laughs>
this place was abandoned overnight. They had no time to take anything. Factories, schools, stores, apartments, everything's still there. There is Pripyat, home to the workers and families of Chernobyl. Reactor number four, where the disaster happened. Is it safe? I have Geiger counter to let us know if the radiation levels are high. Tell me if you see something moving in water. Yeah, you hear that? <gasps> it sounds like a baby. Are you sure we're out here alone? Oh my god. Go, on, go, go, go! Was that an animal? It was something else. Come on, come on. Hello? They're following us. They're not following us, they're hunting us.
Yeah.